Hi there, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. I am Rachel. I will be your host for today. I'm your baseball guru, but uh, I have with me some specialists in other sports ball. I'm Nancy. I'm going to be weeping and wailing and moaning about basketball today. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca, and I'm your uh, hockey person. So uh, there actually is some uh, some going on, goings on in the hockey world today. So okay. yeah. Okay, well, before we get into it too much, uh, uh, baseball season is over. We'll get back to that in a minute, but I want to know how your teams are doing. In baseball? Mine did great. (laughs) Other sport. We'll start with other sports and go back to baseball. Uh, Well, there's some ups and there's some downs for the Warriors this time. Oh, there are ups? Yeah, kind of. So the Warriors, uh, going into this season, there was a lot of talk about, like, this is going to be a rebuilding year. And the remaining, uh, because they lost Kevin Durant, who was one of their superstars, and Clay Thompson got injured at the end of last year, who was another one of their superstars. He's not back till like, February at the earliest. But there was this feeling of, like, well, okay, you know, yeah, they're down two of their main guys, but they've still got Steph Curry and they've still got Draymond Green and they got this new guy, uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's going to be really good and, you know, like, maybe we can still pull it off. Uh, and then Steph Curry got fallen upon and broke his hand Ouch. or had it broken for him. I mean, you know. Uh, and now they are currently two and eight. So... The upside is that we have let that playoff dream of number eight birth go. <laughs> <laughs> we have freed ourselves from certain expectations. Certain expectations, that's exactly right. Um, and in some ways it is an advantage because it means, and, and I think this is actually a thing, that uh, Steve Kerr, the coach, is playing a whole bunch of the new guys, and they're going to really have a chance to develop. Uh, so whereas with with Steph, with with Draymond, if they had, you know, D'Angelo Russell a healthy, uh, Kavon Looney, who's also been unhealthy, and that looks like maybe a long-term thing, which sucks. Uh, You know, they'd all still be kind of fighting among themselves for minutes uh, to try and, you know, prove themselves and get their, you know, basketball skills really going. But instead, it's all the the rookies and the two-way guys, like, pretty much all the time right now. Does anybody look particularly promising? Yes, actually. Uh, so first of all, D'Angelo Russell, I think, scored 50 the other night. Uh, okay. I was, yeah, I was a doubter. I was very much a doubter on him, uh, but he's setting about to prove me wrong. So good job on that. Um, and some funny sort of wider NBA note on the same night, uh, one of the trailblazers, I think it was Damian Lillard, sunk 60. Um, oh but both of those teams lost anyway. <laughs> so they were oh saying God. it was like an NBA record to have two guys on the same night get 50 plus points and their teams still lose. Yeah, it's one of those records where you're like, do I really want this record? I don't know, guys. Maybe no. take it back. I'm not sure I want my name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I think it wasn't literally, but but close. Right. Uh, so the Warriors, especially the last couple of games, they've been on this hard road trip and they lost, I think, four to one, four of the games. But the last three in particular were actually quite close, which 
is its own kind of victory. Um, so that's that's an interesting thing. Like they they're not going to make the playoffs. This is not a thing that's happening. Um, but the new guys are really like trying, um, and there's <laughs> this sense. I mean, because they really could just everybody could just phone it in, right? Like you just say, like our record is two and eight. We are just we're going to show up. We're going to throw the ball around a few times, and then we're going to go home and soak in hot tub and call it a day, right? Like this is an entirely possible attitude. But it seems like they are all really like saying, no, this is, we want to try. We owe it to the fans. We owe it to ourselves. We're going to go out. We're going to try and play good games. And they've been doing a reasonable job. So I think if they keep doing this and they keep getting used to playing with each other a little more, um, you know, and they, they kind of, Draymond Green has also been out. I can't remember what's wrong with him. It's something minor. Oh, I think he tore a ligament in one of his fingers. Um, But he should be back soon. Um, as they get more used to playing with each other, uh, hopefully things will gel a little more and they'll start winning some of these close games and they'll be close the other way. The other new guy who's really intriguing is Eric Paschal, um, who has apparently been doing really amazing things, particularly, and he seems unusual in some of the same ways that Draymond Green was unusual. Draymond Green is a really under underrated player in that people sort of underestimate him and how good he is. And Eric Pascal seems similar. He's big, but he's very fast in ways you don't expect. And he's not afraid to bump into people and they kind of, you know, get startled. And it's one of those things that probably other teams will start compensating for at some point, but they haven't figured it out yet. So that's (laughs) helpful. So... So yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, also, there's a Golden State Warriors versus the Jazz game tonight that I was going to suggest that we all watch if you're available. <laughs> I don't know um, if that's a thing for you, but uh, we could all watch it and then talk about it, and that might be fun. Sounds good. Get a look at some of these uh, new guys. Yeah, see how they uh, hold up because the Jazz are actually doing pretty well uh, right now. They're six and three. So. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 Uh, All right. So, I, Rebecca, how are your... Yes. Yeah, so, I uh, I probably won't watch the game tonight. Okay. I will set it to record and I will watch it because of... Oh, awesome. totally fine. ...playing tonight. Totally. So, uh, in terms of hockey, my my main team, the Capitals, are doing quite well right now. Oh, good. Really leading the league somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, always lovely. But... Yeah. They've also been here before. They've they've led the league or been in the top, you know, five in the league for the last several years, um, which was actually what made it so heartbreaking when they kept losing in the playoffs. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're doing great. Um, somehow, against all odds, like, this is very confusing for me as a Philadelphia sports fan because I'm used to heartbreak. So when I looked at the standings this morning and realized that the Flyers are eighth in the league, I it it was very it was very confusing. They did not have a great start to the season. They lost several heartbreaking games in a row. But uh, again, I looked at the standings this morning and they've la- they've won the last four in a row, which is wow. Yeah, it's I mean it's surprising for the Flyers. And it's unusual for a Philadelphia sports team to be surprising in a good way. (laughs) I'll say that. So, um, I mean, those are the two teams that I follow the closest. Um, 
Colorado was doing great until like half their roster got injured. And now, Yikes. shockingly, without their like top two of their top scorers, um, Gabe Landeskog and uh, Miko Rantanen, uh, without them, you know, it, surprisingly, they're not scoring as much. And so they've been struggling a little bit. Um, and then the stars, because again, I've, I've done this to myself with four <laughs> friggin' teams. Um, the stars are, I think, I think they might be on the upswing. They're, they're still a little bit on the struggle bus. Um, but they've got a very, um, they've got a very strong team defensively most of the time. Um, it's just that, um, their, their top scorers aren't scoring. Um, so like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are their top scorers. They might be, if you've heard names in hockey, those might be the names that you've heard from various people in hockey fandom. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jamie, I think has one goal in the season and Tyler maybe has four. Jamie's currently riding the, the worst, uh, goal drought of his career. I was going to say one seems low. One is quite low. Yes. Yes. Um, Jamie has routinely been in the top, um, top tier of scorers in the league. So, um, for him to only have scored one so far when we're a quarter of the way in the season is extremely unusual. So that's a big reason why the stars are, uh, are struggling, but you know what? I, I can't complain. The caps are number one, in the league, they're looking really good. Um, there's some like salary cap stuff that they struggle with because they have so many expensive players. Um, but knock on all of the wood, as long as nobody gets injured, we should be able to ride this for a little while longer. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to the caps and the stars in a minute. Um, first I want to introduce someone who needs no introduction, uh, me, um, I will be doing my, uh, unwritten rule baseball for the day. Yay. So today we're going to talk about, uh, don't steal third with two outs. Uh, now I know we haven't talked about, about stolen bases yet. Uh, so here's a very quick overview. Once a runner is on base, they can try to advance to the next base without waiting for the batter, whoever's batting next to get a hit. Of course, this is at their own peril. If the team in the field can tag the runner with the ball while the runner isn't touching a base with any body part, the runner is out. Runners tend to steal bases when the pitcher is slow or uses a windup that makes the runner difficult to see. Now, second base steals going that is going from first to second are a dime a dozen. Well, maybe that's overselling it, but you definitely see more base runners trying to steal second than any other base. It makes sense. It's the farthest base from the catcher, the pitcher's in the way, and if the pitcher's right-handed, he won't see you taking a big lead off of first. Of course, the unwritten rules of baseball put all kinds of restriction on base stealing, particularly when it, when it comes to stealing third, which is more difficult in general. That brings us to the two-out runner-on-second situation. Generally, it's felt that as a runner, you have nothing to gain by stealing third in that situation. You should be running on contact anyway, and if the ball gets hit into the outfield, you'll probably make it home to score whether you're at second or at third. The risk of getting the third out isn't worth the extra 90 feet closer to home. Nowadays, stolen bases are far rarer than they were even 10 years ago. As the game becomes more and more reliant on the home run to score, it doesn't especially matter what base you're on when the dinger is hit. At the same time, base stealers are more effective than ever. The league average is a 72% success rate. Wow. The important thing to remember about these numbers, as with nearly all baseball stats, in fact, is that they're cyclical, not linear. 
When the hit and run game comes back, stealing bases will be a much more valuable strategy again. And them's the rules. So uh, why? Yeah, I mean, you said something about now that it's more of a home run game. People steal third less. Mm -hmm. But you also said that people aren't stealing bases in general as much as they used to, right? How come? Yes. Um, well, like I say, it doesn't matter uh, what base you're on when uh, the if there's a home run hit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it has become more reliant on home runs for a number of reasons. Um, pitching velocity is one of them. Mm. Um, but they're not relying on, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, base hits that could take a runner from uh, third to home as much as they are on base clearing home runs. Can you define home run for us? I'm not sure we did that before. And even no. if we did. Uh, we may have. Uh, that's essentially hitting the ball out of the park so that it is no longer playable. Okay. Um, in some stadiums that, you know, it can bounce out and come back in, but um, essentially there will be around the rim of every ballpark a, a, a boundary. If you hit it over that, it is not playable. It is considered a home run. The uh, batter scores a run and anyone on base comes in to score a run as well. Okay. So home runs are desirable. Oh, very desirable, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't know how much of the uh, World Series anybody else watched. Um, I know uh, Nancy watched a little bit. I I tried to watch. Uh, the only games that I watched were the ones that the Nationals lost. So oh, no. yes. the best interest of the city <laughs> and some of my very important friendships, I pretended that was not happening until it was over. Okay, yes. well, uh, they all thank you, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so, I'm waiting for my call from Alexander Ovechkin any day now. Valid. <laughs> so the World Series was a seven-game series between the Nationals from the National League, uh, funnily enough, and the Astros from the American League. Um, uh, here's what happened. The first two games, uh, Astros had the home advantage because they had a better record. Um, so the first two games were played in Houston, and the Nationals, who were coming in on a 6-0 run, they'd won their last six postseason games. Um, they also beat the Astros pretty handily in the first two games. Um, and then they went to Washington for the next three games, uh, all excited because they had all the momentum going in. And they promptly lost the next three games. All I, and again, uh, one run per game. I apologize. <laughs> those games. That was so, Rebecca's so fault. So that one's on me. Uh, but she saw the error of her ways. Yes. And uh, they went back to Houston for the final two games. And against all odds, the uh, Nationals won those last two games, uh, winning the entire series, winning the whole bag of chips. Um, not the metaphor I was aiming for when I started that sentence, but that's where it ended up. <laughs> it works. So uh, this was notable for a number of reasons. First of all, the Nationals franchise, uh, which used to be in Montreal, moved to, to D.C. a while back, had never won a World Series before. So it was very exciting. Um, uh, the Nationals had a team, as a team, had the oldest average age of players, which is pretty cool. Oh, oh really? Awesome. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Don't tell us what that average age is. Yeah, I, don't yeah, I won't. I won't. It is, <laughs> it's uh... 24. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that bad, but yeah. uh, it's... It's still not going to make us feel good. Um, it's also remarkable because the Nationals came through on the wild card spot. They were not, uh, they didn't lead their division. The, they were beaten by uh, Atlanta. But um, then they came in, they uh, beat the Brewers to get the wild card spot. They beat the Dodgers in five games, which was uh, delightful. <laughs> um, 
and uh, they beat the Cardinals in four straight games, uh, swept that series. Um, and finally, uh, this was unusual. Actually, I believe in all American pro sports that um, every game that was won was on the road. So the Nationals only won in Houston and the Astros only won in D.C. Um, and I also thought it was interesting to look at, uh, much as we love sports journalism and journalists, and we do, um, very interesting to look at the different articles that were coming out as the series progressed. Um, so you had people at the beginning of the series, of course, trying to, you know, balance the the Nationals, uh, the, the, the streak that they were on versus the fact that the Astros have been a better team throughout this season. And then the Nationals won the first two. And you had people saying, well, look, the underdogs are going to win. That's amazing. You know, they've got all the momentum. Then, of course, you had the three-game series in D.C. where they lost. And then everybody was saying, oh, well, you know, it was fun while it lasted. But the <laughs> Astros are a better team, so they're going to win. Mm-hmm. And then the Nats came back and won another two. And uh, so I just thought that was interesting, an interesting mm-hmm. progression. Um, you know, and obviously it's – if anybody could predict the out game, outcome of these games, you know, it'd be gazillionaires. Um, but I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, Rebecca, as a fan in the D.C. area, what was it like? What was the mood? Uh, it was kind of amazing. Like, everyone, even people who don't care about, ba- uh, I almost said basketball, <laughs> you know, how, how up on this I am. No, even people who don't care about baseball were really getting behind it. Um, it there was... I was actually in D.C. Um, a couple of the nights that the the games were being played in D.C. And, I mean, there were watch parties all over the city. There were, you know, bars full of people. Um, everybody was really, really excited. Um, and, of course, we know my first love is hockey. I honestly am not sure that anyone was more excited about the Nationals doing well than the Capitals. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw a little bit of that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so... A, a great thing about DC sports is that they all really um, support each other. This is, I mean, the nationals and the capitals, especially, but um, caps are, are regularly going to wizards games. Um, one of the, um, one of the players for the, the mystics, the WNBA team is apparently a coach for the Wizards, So, you know, they support each other quite a bit. Um, the night of the World Series, the Capitals were having their um, Halloween party, and it was a it was a costume party, but also watch the World Series party. And I've the only time I've seen more champagne sprayed around in a room <laughs> was when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Um, and then, of course, they invited the Nationals to the next game, and the the Nats were in a box drinking the whole time. They got the champagne <laughs> during one of the intermissions and like took off their shirts and it was a whole, it was a whole thing. So, uh, but I think those, I think that kind of encapsulates how the city felt about the win as well. That's great. Yeah. It was really fun. And it was easy to get swept up in again, even if you weren't, um, big into baseball. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Rachel and I were actually on the road. (laughs) So we kept like, catching segments of games <laughs> here and there and uh-huh. it was very funny uh we also probably owe our dear friend Lonnie an apology because we did make <laughs> them watch quite a bit of baseball in hotel rooms they are not a sports <laughs> fan in general I believe it no. happens it happens Some sacrifices they, must be made they were a great sport about it um 
and then also to my folks who were having a <laughs> uh, little uh, wine and cheese party the night of the final game. <laughs> sure. I think I saw you tweeting about that. You just abandoned yeah. the party and hung out in the basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kept running down for the first, uh, you know, the first half or so of the game, and uh, the Astros scored first, and so I was all worried about that, and. But then slowly the uh, mm -hmm. Nationals came back and then, you know, broke it open entirely. And I, I went downstairs and just abandoned the entire party for the last two innings. <laughs> it's true. She I was texting me in. from downstairs with updates, <laughs> so I didn't know whether or not I should go downstairs. <laughs> My That's awesome. father was very obliging and got it all set up on the TV so, like, we could keep That's tabs good. on it. That's good um, that they were understanding. Yes. Yes. They were, they were very good about it. Um, and I also want to uh, enter into the record while we're talking about uh, my folks that my dad uh, texted me last week and said uh, he was watching the jazz game because he's in Utah. So the jazz, uh, he was watching the jazz game at the bar in town because he's <laughs> the bar uh, mm -hmm. and uh, Utah because Utah. Uh, and he said that uh, there should be a podcast about this. So, Dad, there is now a podcast about you watching the jazz on the big screen uh, <laughs> down at the L. And we're going to do a podcast about Jazz B Warriors. <laughs> so, you know, that'll be good. Uh, he would also like us to do commentary on how many bald spots and receding hairlines there are in the NBA. So we should uh, keep okay. an eye out for that. Hmm. I did notice there was a particularly egregious one on the Lakers, I think. so. In terms of players? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah 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 uh yes so. okay well um unfortunately i'm gonna have to put a wrap on baseball for the season <laughs> i will i will not stop talking about it uh oh. unfortunately for you too but um yeah so that that was baseball this season i and i would say overall the baseball was good thumbs up thumbs yes up way to do that baseball all right so now turning to hockey now uh nearly one calendar month ago um, we decided we were going to watch a uh, Caps versus mm -hmm. Stars game, and mm -hmm. uh, we all did watch it and enjoy it, but unfortunately our lives got uh, very busy mm -hmm. after that. But um, I'm, we're still going to talk about uh, the game we watched. It was on October 12th. Um, it was at the Stars. It was at Dallas. Mm -hmm. Am I correct in that? Okay. If that was the weekend one, yes, it was at Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I did watch a recap to refresh my memory. I'm going to give a real quick uh, version. Um, so in the first period, um, Wilson on the cap scored, but uh, he slapped the puck down with his hand and the Stars challenged it, saying that it hit his teammate's skate. Um, but the call stood and ultimately Dallas was giving a penalty for delay of game. Mm -hmm. uh, the second period, uh, Carlson from the cap scored during a power play. Uh, third period, uh, Kuznetsov scores. Have I got that name right? Kuznetsov. Okay, thank you. Kuzi. Kuzi uh, for the Caps. Um, and then somebody scored for the stars. Fasov? That's Roddick Foxa. Foxa. Okay. Foxa. I, I couldn't see the backs of the jerseys during the uh, Oh, yeah. Recount. So, okay. Um, which put the score at one to three. But then uh, Ovechkin scored on the empty net for the Caps, and uh, they won the game four to one. Mm hmm So um, I have some specific questions about this game. Um, sure. None of which will hopefully tax your memory too much. Um, they, <laughs> and then some general questions <clears throat> after that. So uh, okay. first, Rebecca, if you remember, what, if anything, was remarkable or special about this game? Oh, well, uh, I will tell you one thing that was special about this game is that 
Um, uh, the Capitals have not beaten the Stars in regulation in Dallas in something like 25 years. Oh, yeah, I do remember the announcer saying yeah, something. Like yeah, yeah. So the fact that they actually won um, in regulation there is huge. Frankly, the fact that the, the Capitals beat the Stars at all is huge. Um, I, I don't necessarily... Now, Brittany, if she listens to this, she's going to kill me. I don't necessarily think that the Stars are a better team than the Capitals. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it's just one of those matchups where the Stars have the Caps number. I mean, I, I am surprised anytime the Caps beat the Stars because it does not happen often. Yeah, so, that's, that happens so frankly, in baseball the fact that, frequently, too, when a, a yeah. team isn't necessarily better than another, but they just have their number. Like yep. Yeah. So I have a question. Yep. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, but it seems like the Stars are having kind of a rough year so far. Um, they, they are, um, I think it was in their first or second game that three of their players got injured. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was real bad. So, (laughs) so that has been a challenge. Um, and then, like I said earlier, their, their top two scorers are not top two scoring. Mm -hmm. They also account for something like 30% of the salaries on the team, um, possibly more. Um, and so to not be to not be scoring is is a problem. Mm-hmm. But that said, the last handful of games they actually have been playing pretty well. Um, so I okay. believe I believe the stars are on the upswing on this one. Yes, all of the all of the crossing of the fingers. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. So how do the Caps and Stars kind of compare strengths versus weaknesses? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, the Capitals are perfect in every way of them. With ah, okay, okay. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> so so Dallas is. I'm going to say a lot stronger defensively. Although one of their best defenders, um, John Klingberg, is now out for a month with a wrist or hand injury. Um, but Dallas has had a pretty strong defensive game for the last couple of years. Um, they have good goaltending with Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin, who I either call Hudoba because that's what the name sounds like, or the team calls him, I think they call him Doby because Hudobin, <laughs> but it's spelled like Dobby, and he actually has um, Dobby on his goalie mask. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's that's, kind of awesome. He's, <laughs> he has some great, he has some great personality game aside, but he's also a very good goalie. Um, One of the things that the stars struggle with is shots on goal. So this is shooting the puck to the net and it counts as a shot on goal. If the, um, if the puck goes off the, um, the, off the crossbar Mm -hmm. or if the goalie interacts with the puck in some way. Okay. Um, That actually take care, takes care of a question I had later on, but yes. Oh, good. Good. Yes. So um, <clears throat> if, if somebody shoots a shoot, you know, hits the puck towards the goal and another player deflects it, that's called a block or a deflection. So it doesn't count as a shot on goal. Um, but if the, if the goalie interacts with it, it's a shot on goal. Or if it's a goal, it's a shot on goal. Um, so the stars, um, for whatever reason, go through long stretches where they have very few shots on goal. I mean, like four in a period. And it's 
painful. I actually want to say when when um, Brittany and I saw them play the Flyers, um, there was a period where they had one shot on goal, which is again painful. Uh, yeah, isn't there? It's for twenty minutes. There's usually like eighteen to twenty shots on goal, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or at least like twelve to fifteen. Okay. But one is bad. One is bad. Yeah. One is, one yeah. is very not good. So, um, the Caps, on the other hand, um, their their defense is pretty solid. I would say right now their defense is looking pretty good. Um, I mean, also their defense is real pretty. If we want to get into the, <laughs> the non scientific part of this, just like and we usually do. Yeah. Favor and Google Michael Kempney. Because uh, he real pretty. But that actually, that gets to one of the questions I kind of had, uh -huh. um, looking at the things that I had made notes about. Um, I had a note that says, second period, the Caps sure are shooting a lot, and it doesn't seem to matter. Is that more that the Stars defense is doing really well, or that the Caps were taking bad shots? So it's it's a little bit of both. So okay. the past couple of years, the caps have gone for volume on shots. Okay. So just shoot it to the net, shoot it mm -hmm. as possible whenever you can, because at some point you're going to get a good bounce. It's going to deflect off. Mm -hmm. It's going to go in. Okay. Um, on the flip side, it, it, it is also a um, function of the, the stars pretty solid defense. Okay. So you have a smile on your face. Did you look up Michael Kempney? I did. He has a lovely lumberjack sort of aesthetic. You'll have to see him in a suit. Ooh. Yeah. He does oh, not look like a lumberjack we, in a suit. Can we sidebar and say, did you guys see, and I should have shared this in, in the group, but uh, have you guys seen the suit ad that features like a hockey player? I don't remember what team he's from but oh some... with the butt yes yes <laughs> no i have not oh my gosh this needs to go on our twitter there is some it canadian does. suit ad that yes. this hockey player talking about how his butt and yes. thighs are too much to be contained in a regular suit which fair like yeah. uh, given the uh, video i will agree that that's likely mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it starts but... with my name is dylan larkin and i yes but I have a hockey butt. Yes. Yeah, I yes. will definitely does, tweet this. As yeah. is aptly demonstrated by the like, following video footage. Yes. Yeah. So the, the ad starts with his face. I'm Dylan Larkin. He plays for the Detroit Red Wings. I'm okay, Larkin, thank you. And I have a hockey butt. And then the very next shot is like behind and below him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pants doing I, a squat. Yep. Yep. He's dropping. It's it amazing. Like yeah. It's it <sighs> I cannot believe I haven't seen this. Quite the ad. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I have no, 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 no. Canadian a suit ad with butt. Please yes. do not apologize for that. Oh, I'm I'm sending it to you right now, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is important. Uh important it really media is. coverage. It actually. really is. Yes. <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't even know. Oh, State and Liberty Clothing Company. We have relatively small waists, big quads, big thighs, and big butt. <laughs> it's great. He's also an adorable little bean of a man, so we like that too. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Let the record show my father just texted me a, an article that I will have to read later about uh, who's better, Antetokounmpo or Jokic um, oh. from the NBA. Okay. And 
at some point we need to cover the Slavic last names in the NBA because I started keeping a list last year because oh, it nice. made me giggle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot we could, of them. We, uh, we could do that with uh, hockey too. We could have a little. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hockey or basketball. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. We're putting that on the website. Dear self. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so you may have answered this question already, but in this game, what did you feel like the Caps did well, and what should the Stars have done better? Uh, the Stars should have shots on goal more. <laughs> fair, fair. Which is normal. Let's see. Actually, they were pretty well matched here. The The Stars and the Caps both had 25 shots on goal each. Um, the Stars had, I think they have improved on this. I'd have to double check, but the Stars were really struggling with their power play at that point, so... Mm-hmm. Um, there were six fouls called on the Capitals, and uh, that leads to one of the Capitals players sitting in the penalty box, so the Stars have an extra person on the ice. Mm-hmm. And they typically have um, four offensive players, and they didn't score on any of those, um, those man advantages. Uh-huh. That's something that the Stars definitely could have um, improved upon. And on the flip side, the Caps have to stop taking stupid penalties. <laughs> so that also gets to a question that I yeah. had about this game. What is a delayed penalty? Okay, so a delayed penalty. Let's see. We've talked about offense and defense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> offense is when you have the thing and you're trying to score. Defense is when you don't have the thing and you don't want the other team to score. Exactly, exactly. So, okay. um, so the Capitals have possession. Mm-hmm. And which means we have the puck. We're being offensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing we're doing things with offense. Um, and one of the stars commits a penalty. Okay. So the the referees are not going to stop the play because the Capitals would benefit from the penalty, but we already have possession of the puck. So they raise their arm and they say, "I'm going to call a penalty if we need to." So at that point, if the Capitals score before the, the whistle blows, then the penalty is just nullified. Mm-hmm. However, if the Stars gain possession of the puck, and in this case, there's actually a lot of um, question, controversy about what quote-unquote possession of the puck means. Um, okay. With a delayed penalty, possession of the puck means the other team, the team who is being penalized, touches the puck. Okay. As soon as the stars touch the puck again, the um, whistle will blow and they will call the penalty. Okay. So then the, in this example, the stars player would go to the, the penalty box. Mm-hmm. Caps would have a man advantage. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay. So, okay. So, so it's like, puck, go ahead. You have the puck and you're trying to score in my net. Mm-hmm. and I do something that I'm not supposed to do. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, smack you in the face with my hockey stick, right? That, yes, that is not allowed. <laughs> that is not allowed. I did okay. know that one. <laughs> so I smack you in the face with my hockey stick, and the ref says, okay, hang on. If Rebecca can score, we're going to not care about this. Mm-hmm. But if Rebecca doesn't score, and I, Nancy, get the puck, mm-hmm. then I'm in trouble. Yes. Okay, cool. I understand. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit like, uh, and I should not talk about football out of turn, 
<laughs> like the um, football declined penalty, right? Yeah, I don't know what that is either, though. The, so. <laughs> the team who's playing offense, if a penalty is called on the defensive team that would restart the play or that mm-hmm. would run the play, the mm-hmm. um, team on offense can say, no, no, you don't have to call that one. We like where we are. Okay. So, th- so the, idea for that. Is, the idea is that we don't want to harm the team that is currently doing the offensive thing right we don't want to harm the team that didn't do something wrong okay yeah well i have some general hockey questions here but before that uh one specific question uh as a dallas stars fan is dallas called the big d and who thought that was a good idea i don't know i really don't know (laughs) really truly do not know I think this could be part of a whole segment that we do on terrible sportscaster language. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) Yes, Liz. Yeah, I don't know who came up with the big D and the defending the big D. Yeah, I I can't. I don't know. Well, there, there it is. There you have it. Uh Please tell me that other teams go to Dallas specifically to, like, take the big D. (laughs) if they don't they are really missing an opportunity okay and now i'm thinking about the caps taking the big d i'm sorry i'm sorry am i sorry i'm I'm sorry thank you i'll I'll be sorry if you need me to be sorry no no i would never ask you to be sorry about that (laughs) so if uh if a team goes to dallas and loses can they be said to have choked on the big d (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i think you'd have to say that I, I think you would have to say that. And frankly, I'm going to say it from excellent. <laughs> this pleases me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my contribution to the podcast. I'm done now. Okay. I appreciate you. it. This has been Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, Nancy, did you have any other specific questions about the game before I get into some general hockey? Yeah, questions? I had a few. I had a few because, like, I, I enjoy hockey, but I'm still very much a newbie fan um and mm-hmm. frankly the sharks are looking uninspiring right now so like i haven't been keeping up real close they are having uh, a rough time of it right they are now. having a rough time i, I what's their record at the for... moment do you know uh, bad yeah not bad great. okay um and you know i really love some of their players a lot like i genuinely and i'm still rooting for them like sharks if you're listening i still love you i just <laughs> like i've been real busy and watching your games has not been high on my list right now because they're yeah, because that. you're seven, ten, and one. Yes, yes. So my questions, though, uh, are uh, the face-off dots. I now yes. know what a face-off dot is. This is a big okay. step. Uh, when do they use the ones in the middle instead of the ones on either end? Okay, so at the beginning of the well, so there are like five in the middle. So I'm guessing, Nancy, you're referring to the four that are not in the dead center. Yes. So they're the five main dots in your Mm -hmm. defending zone and attacking zone. And then there's one that's the neutral dot that's right dead center of the whole rink. um, Right. That they do the face-offs at the start of every period. Mm Mm-hmm. So the, um, the other four, so the neutral zone is the space between the two blue lines. Right. So that's that's no man's land. Nobody owns right. territory. Yes. Um, behind it on one side, it belongs to one team. Behind it on the other side, belongs to the other. 
mm-hmm. the neutral zone. So those are the neutral zone face-off dots. And, and this is where we run into the Romulans frequently. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that, but I couldn't remember if I'd made that joke yet. <laughs> Probably, that's but fine. we're going to keep making it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Um, so which dot you use really depends on um, where the play stopped. Oh, okay. Um, there's some new, um, there's some new rule this year that one team can pick which face-off dot they want to start at, but I haven't figured that rule out yet because it's so stupid. Um, but yeah, it really depends on, um, where the play was stopped and in what direction it was going, Mm -hmm. which one to use. Okay. Thank you. That's helpful. Cause like, yeah, I understood why you would use the ones on either end but Mm -hmm. but i was like because you know you have like toss-ups in basketball where it's like you know we just you have what's now toss-ups oh toss-ups yeah Yeah, i do know that term (laughs) right 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 right. so i wondered if it was a similar sort of thing where it's like you know we're not going to decide this was you know a big deal and anybody's fault we're just going to put this down and let people go and that that is frequently the case Um, okay when they when they call timeouts when they call tv timeouts Mm mm-hmm uh, but yeah, it depends on usually where the stoppage of play happened. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely, in my notes from watching this game, uh, the second half, well, and even the end of it, like the, the final final period was a lot more exciting. <laughs> like it seemed like it <laughs> yes. kind of like got off to a slow start. People were turning things over a lot, like mm-hmm. nobody was doing anything. And then like the last, I want to say 15 minutes mm-hmm. got like actually intense and really mm-hmm. fun. And then the final goal, because this was the one you were at, right, Rebecca? No, I was at the no. You were at the in week DC. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was at the one they played each other twice in a week. Yeah, and yeah. they won't play each other at all the rest of the season. Right. I was okay. at the one they played in DC, not the one okay. in uh, Dallas. All right. Well, the one in Dallas, it seemed like the final goal was like actually pretty amazing. So I was just curious if you remembered that or if you uh, had had feelings about it. The one on the empty net? I was going to say. the. I, I think, think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Like, which empty net, I'm all, I don't know. I'm still, like, I understand the concept of the empty net, but it also just makes me anxious every time it happens. Yeah. Like, have, we, mm-hmm. have we talked about that on here yet? On the, about the empty have. net strategy no. and the rules that tell govern it? The, yeah, we tell might us not about have. the empty net, Rebecca. Yeah, so, excuse me. At any one given time, there are typically five skaters and a goalie uh, per team on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, they can pull their goalie. The team can pull their goalie off the ice at any time they want to and put an extra skater on. This is not typically done at any point other than the end of a period. Right. Because of the risk that somebody can just shoot the puck all the way down the ice. Mm-hmm. It'll go in because there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a, the, you, you do see it mostly at the end of a period um, in a close game or mm-hmm. a must-win game. So, um, At the end of a period or at the end of the game? Uh, I'm or sorry, both? at the end of the game. At the end of okay. the game. So the final period. Yes, usually. Okay. Um, now, there's nothing to stop a team from pulling their goalie at the end of a period, right? Mm. Um, but you would have no reason to do it unless it's right near the end of the game, really. Right, yeah. right. Okay. So um, in this game, um, Roddick Foxa, he scored at the seven-minute mark of the period, which means there are 13 minutes left in the game. 
So um, it's very possible that at that point, um, the the um, I'm trying to scroll back through the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that that at that point the stars felt things were starting to move in their favor, right? If they mm-hmm. were starting to um, block more shots, win more faceoffs, be more aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. would be a reason why towards the end of the game, they might pull the goalie, even though they're down two goals instead of just one. Normally mm-hmm. you see it when they're, when the team is down one goal, um, especially that early in the season. Um, and, and statistically speaking, the, the empty net actually works out for the, the team that's behind the team that has pulled their goalie in about 30% of the cases. Really? That's yes. Funny. Yeah. Okay. So there is. I was going to ask you, how often does it work and how often does it backfire? Yeah. It backfires. Well, I mean, the, the question is, is it really backfiring? Right. Right. If you're already, you're already losing. losing. Right. Right. You, I mean, you can lose worse. We've seen, we've seen terrible losses, <laughs> but I mean, a loss is a loss at the end of the day. Is mm-hmm. it, does that, I mean, does it affect anybody's like it wouldn't reflect negatively on the goalie because the goalie's not on the ice right does it affect anybody's stats so it it doesn't affect an individual person's Uh negatively affect an individual person's stats so Ovi got the empty net goal in that case so he does Mm -hmm. credited with a goal on the season cool um it does however affect team stats okay Um, one of the things that they that the NHL measures is goal differential mm-hmm. so is how many goals you have scored versus mm-hmm. how many goals you have been scored upon mm-hmm. times you've been scored upon. So mm-hmm. right now the capitals are at a plus 19 differential, which is beautiful. Um, which means they have scored 19 more goals than they have been scored upon. Mm-hmm. Um, the stars, on the other hand, have a goal differential of minus two. So, Ouch. <clears throat> Negative is bad. I, I think. mean, it's not the worst. Don't tell us what the sharks are right now. Uh, no, Detroit is the worst with a minus 30. Oh, that's Detroit. a problem. Yeah. Oh, sad. All right, guys. So, so the sharks are not the worst. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, but Dallas would have a minus one potentially if they had not pulled the goalie and had not got right. support on. Now, uh, goal differential really only comes into play in terms of standings when there are ties. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that it's not, it's not a significant risk to the team. Right. So, it's not likely uh, to matter. Like on a season level, it's not a significant risk to the right. team. It's just right. risk on a game level and you mm-hmm. do it when you're already losing. Right. No, that makes sense. There, there are some people who are of the school of thought that you wait until the last, you know, minute or two, maybe three minutes to pull your goalie to try to swing that game around to tie it up. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are others who say you should do it with seven or eight minutes left in the game, because, again, why not? Right. That could be the thing that swings the momentum. You get that that tying goal. You Then you get your goalie back in there and then you have five, six, seven minutes to, um, to put, you know, score again to potentially win it. Right. Mm-hmm. That does not happen often. Yeah. But part of me kind of likes it. Like take a little risk, especially if you're losing already. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like, it's yeah. like, I mean, it is kind of gambling and I guess like 
maybe in the last game of the season, if you know that that goal differential thing might screw you, like maybe you don't do it. Right. But 95% of the cases, it seems like, why not, I guess. Right. Although I do, every time I've seen it happen, I'm, I always feel like it must be so frustrating for the goalie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, as as level-headed as I can be about the empty net situation now, every time they pull a goalie, it drives me crazy. And I sit there, why did you do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, this reminds me, something else on the, um, going back to the delayed penalty question. Mm-hmm. So something else that uh, happens on the delayed penalty is usually the um, the team with possession who is not being called for the penalty, mm-hmm. um, they will pull their goalie and get an extra skater out. Because, yeah. yes, because the second the other team touches the puck, the... the oh. Dead. Because right, they're sure. the ones who are being penalized. So right. there's no risk of an empty net goal at that point. Wow. But they don't... They don't stop the play to do this. They just no. Oh no. To come in and yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. There. There's no stoppage of play for changing players. Right. Yeah. That's why they're constantly jumping over the boards. Yeah. So you'll you'll see on a delayed penalty the the goalie, you know, in all of their forty five hundred pounds of <laughs> you know waddling to the to the bench, and as soon as they get close enough, somebody will jump over the boards and join the off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first time I saw that, I remember being like, why is he leaving? (laughs) Until I realized, you know, once the other team touches the puck, it's dead. So there's no risk in going at that point. That's interesting because there have been some times during games when I looked and it didn't look like the goalie was there. I I must have missed him coming in. But so that's why they would do that mid game. Yes. To take advantage of that delayed penalty. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So speaking of penalties, um, in this game, um, the the Stars challenged a call um, mm-hmm. uh, in the first right for the goal. Yes, um, they lost that challenge. Now, does yes. the team if a team's challenge fails, are they always assessed a minor penalty for delay of game? Um, they are, and that's new. So that's okay. that's new this season um, because they, there's a whole controversy about goaltender interference and and offsides and all of this kind of stuff when it comes to actually scoring goals. And honestly, that could be a whole other episode in and of itself. And but at the start of a re explanation of offsides, because I have okay. done it like three or four times and I cannot it's stupid on to the concept in my it's, brain. It's stupid. That's what it is. But yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, it's but it, yes, that's me. a, <laughs> no, that's correct. It is not new at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so in this case, the, um, the stars challenged the play because they said, um, Tom Wilson, um, commonly known as Tommy or Willie or whip, whip, um, he, yeah, he kind of caught the puck, batted it down. And then there was a question of whether it touched somebody's skate or not. Right. So, so it could have been a variety of things. It could have been called a, a hand pass if he, if he gave the puck too much forward momentum after catching it rather than just, right. you know, batting it to the ground. Um, if somebody kicked the puck into the net, that doesn't count. Into the goal, that doesn't count because you can't kick. If your skate is stationary and the puck hits the skate and goes in, that's one thing. But if there's any forward movement of the skate, 
to the puck, to the net, that doesn't count. Um, yeah. So, so it was, it, I do remember that play. It was something within that, that realm that was challenged. Um, and the, um, the stars lost that challenge and were assessed a minor penalty um, for delay of game. And I think the idea here is to um, dissuade teams from challenging goals. Okay. So, um, but again, that's new this season, that penalty. Yeah. So in um, baseball, uh, each team is allowed one challenge and if they fail, they just lose their challenge. They can't challenge again, but so in hockey, they have as many as they like, but if they fail it, they get minor penalties. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's a good question. I think they have as many as they like. Um, I'll have to look at that. Um, on this particular play, on a goal-scoring um, play, okay. and you, you lose, um, you get a minor penalty. So it's only on a scoring play. Okay, um, there's another question I had. The, the first, second, third lines, um, do they all play together as a group or do they mix and match as the game goes on? So that's a really good question. And I'm going to go with, it depends. Um, honestly, it depends on, yeah, it depends on the, the team you're talking about. It depends on the opponent. Um, it depends on how they're all doing that night. Um, I think the the Caps are relatively good at running their their um, their four offensive lines together, um, but but it always gets changed up because some some guys play more ice time than others. Um, uh, Ov typically likes to stay out as long as possible, um, both during regular play and during a power play. So. Um, so his line may go out without him if it's time for him to sit down and catch his breath. Um, but you'll see a very, um, very routine uh, starting lineups for every Capitals game. It's unusual for somebody to move up or down in the lineup unless there's been an injury or something like that. Now, the Stars, on the other hand, seem to have essentially a rolling, um, a rolling, what is that? A revolving door of um, lineups. So they, they've been changing their top two, top three lines um, I, every game. I don't know. Every other wow. game. Yeah. Uh, that That's one of my struggles with the, the Stars. They, there's a lot of talk of there being a lack of chemistry. Between mm. And I sit there and I, I wonder, well, could they have no chemistry? Because you're constantly switching who they're playing with. Right. So, so is that I a fairly have... unusual strategy? Uh, the constant switching? Yes. Um, as far as I know, yes. <clears throat> Again, you know, I, I follow the four teams, which is probably <laughs> three too many. Um, and the stars switch it up more often than any other one that I'm aware of. Okay. So I have a kind of related question. Sure. Um, given that you have these lines of three guys in terms of offense, um, who typically play together. Mm -hmm. There are also uh, the power play groups, which mm -hmm. are four, right? Four guys. Or no, that's uh, the penalty kill is four guys. Correct. Correct. Penalty kill is four guys. Mm -hmm. When they're doing what you just described, where they add a sixth guy, is that like either for 
either in the case of a delayed penalty or just at the end of the game, is that like something that they, you know, like there's always just the designated sixth dude who, who, you know, anytime they want a sixth dude, it's like, it's you, you're, you're going, (laughs) or is it just like circumstantial where the coach is just like whichever jersey he can lay his hand on fastest is who goes over you know like yeah no it's a great question um so to clarify there's usually not six skaters on the ice plus a goalie it's just the five plus the goalie on a power play it's the other team gets disadvantaged by putting a guy in the sin bin sitting him in the (laughs) box um that's and one then, of my questions. I was going to ask if those were synonymous. Since oh, yes, they are. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sin bin. I like the timeout box. <laughs> so uh, there are special teams. Um, there are people who specialize in the power play or the penalty kill. Um, Which are the same thing. The power play is the offensive version. The penalty kill is the defensive version. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So the power play is when you have all of your guys out there. The penalty kill is when you've got one in the bin. Um, and so, so typically what they do is that uh, when, when you're playing a standard game, you have three forwards and two defensemen. You might switch that up on the power play or the penalty kill. You might go one defenseman and four forwards on the power play or on the penalty kill. You might go three defensemen and one forward. Um, and usually that forward is somebody who's very, who's a, like a defensive forward, somebody who's really good at, um, defending while also moving the puck. So, um, there, there are specialists for these things. It's not a case of, you know, just tap the closest guy. Um, but again, I will say it's probably dependent on, um, the, the opposing team who they have out for their special teams, Mm. Um, who has good luck against that particular goalie. I mean, they're always going to put Ovi out in the first power play because for whatever reason, even though people know where Ovi shoots from, sometimes his shot is just undefendable, indefensible, whatever you want, unstoppable. Um, So he's always going to go out there because he's got great numbers on the power play. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. So it sounds like they're probably people who are more likely, but it's going to be somewhat situational. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are guys like, um, there are guys that will always go out on the power play. Ovi and Mm -hmm. Nicholas Backstrom are always going to go out on the power play. Um, and there are guys who are never going to go out on the penalty kill because they're just not strong enough. Right. They're not good at it in whatever way, or because Mm -hmm. they just have players who are stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have any other questions about that one? I don't think so. I think that that mostly answers it. I just I think one of the things that both fascinates me and hangs me up about hockey is how fast all the changes are. Yes. Um, yeah. Amazing. Especially versus yeah, something like basketball or baseball where it's all very like preordained. Well, not even preordained, but like there's there's talk, you know, right. like the coach subs you in and like you go and you wait and then you get and everything in stops and, and, like and everything. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so with hockey where it's just like guys just in this continuous mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in and out and in and out and in and out and in mm-hmm. out with seemingly like no uh discussion even though i know there must be like the coach is conferring with them to yeah. a certain extent but like it doesn't seem like that happens. Yeah. so i just find all of that really Confusing and interesting both, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, and it's and it is interesting. I'll say another thing that the stars have struggled this struggled with this year that is no fault of the players is they've taken what are called too many men penalties. Mm-hmm. Too many players on the ice. And that mm-hmm. in my mind is a is the coach's fault because Right, that's a communication you, issue. Right. As a coach is telling you when to get on the ice and when not to. And so mm-hmm. um you're supposed to um not go on the ice until the person you're replacing is within five feet of the of the bench. Mm-hmm. If somebody's jumping out too fast or somebody's too slow to get back to the bench, mm-hmm. that's an issue. But that's right. something that the coach should be watching for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one thing that just as, you know, someone watching that uh, bothers me a little bit is sometimes the, the goalies seem to get so far out of the goal. Yes, <laughs> this makes me anxious too. And I'm just sitting there gnawing, <laughs> you know, on my nails thinking... Mm-hmm. Another guy for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why do they do that? And why do they do instead that? Instead of doing that. Uh, they do it to make us crazy. No. Oh, okay. No, no, that's not why they do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, yeah, that, that can be very infuriating when they get out of the net and you just, I literally will shout at my television, get back in goal. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me nervous. Uh, then I try to remind myself that they probably know a little bit more about the game than I do, so they probably are making. What? Probably, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to swear by it, but, um, yeah. So, so it's kind of a matter of who the goalie is, and do they have those kinds of um, puck handling skills? So, the guy who's really famous for this is Marty Brodeur. Um, he's since retired, but he played for the Devils for a number of years, and like. He was so good at puck handling that they actually changed some of the rules for what goalies could do and when they could touch the puck based on him. Oh, wow. So when you have a goalie who um, has really good aim and can shoot the puck well, it's almost like having a sixth offensive player on the ice because then your whole team doesn't have to cycle all the way back to the net or get, you know, all, both of your defenders all the way back there to to retrieve the puck. So if your defenders can stop halfway down the ice and the goalie can get them the puck, it saves time and energy for everybody else. That makes sense. Drive me crazy are when there are 45 people on the ice around the goal and the goalie's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. get it from here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, you know, I don't know why they do that. I think it's probably reflex. Probably they think they have time to get to it. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is the, the goalie's trying to control the puck, um, because if the goalie can get control of the puck, it means the other team can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the goalie, what are the rules about like, so if I'm the goalie and the puck yep. has come down by me, the other team has iced it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I climb out of my goal and I go around the back and I have my stick and I'm fetching the puck. The other guys, offensive guys can't interact with me, right? Like they can't come and like bonk me can they come yeah steal you can't the puck you can't like me? check the goalie yeah okay. can steal the puck absolutely okay. soccer punch the goalie <laughs> <laughs> listen there was a there was a case last week and i'm already gonna forget who the guy was uh he literally sucker punched another player and then all the people on his team were like what that's hockey that's just how hockey is i'm like no you don't come up behind someone reach around their face and punch them and call that hockey Anyway. No, that's fine. Um, I mean, like that's being a jackass. There's some overlap, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So you can't you can't check the goalie. Okay. Um, but yes, you can absolutely try to get that puck away from him. Okay. So if they take too long, it really is a dangerous thing. Yes. 
Well, that doesn't help my nerves, but thank you for the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there, I mean, there, there are times when the, the goalie does mismanage the puck. It does not happen often, but, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen a couple games where the goalie tries to move the puck and accidentally passes it to the other team and then Oops. it's scored on. But, you know. How dumb must you feel if you oh, do that? No. It's got to be an awful feeling. I, I would, uh, Yeah. Yeah, Brittany and I make a lot of jokes about Jamie Ben, who's the the captain of the Stars, um, looking like he's going to go drown himself in the showers after a game. <laughs> he takes their losses really, really hard. And if you ever watch post game press with him, I mean, if you're if you're already not in a good mood, don't watch that because it will drag you down. Oh. So that's that's kind of what I feel like a goalie must feel like after they've made a made a mistake like that, just like okay, it's time to go drown myself in the showers. I mean, I feel like that must be true for goalies a lot. Like, I just feel yeah, like Yeah, just across the board. Such yeah. a shit position. Like, whether yeah. it's soccer, whether it's hockey, like, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. you, you, you only get to do something if a thing is actively flying at you. And mm -hmm. if you fuck it at up, a high rate of speed. loses. Like, yeah. how you succumb to your instincts off? and get out of the way. Yeah. You're yeah. in trouble. Yeah, but right. they've worked for for how long to repress those instincts? That's yeah. true. To to actively put themselves in front yeah. of it, I just I see yeah. such a thankless role. Well, those were the major questions I had. I was gonna do a a, a lightning round. Uh, Nancy, oh is there anything else you wanted to? No, I think up? that pretty much that pretty much covered all of mine. I think. Okay. Well, this lightning round is called "What the hell were they talking about?" Yes. This is, uh, some of the uh, commentator language that yes. uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully you can help me out with. Uh, so okay. the first one I have is they have to eat the puck to kill time. How does one eat the puck? With a knife and fork, obviously. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, that would be challenging because the pucks are frozen. Um, yeah, they're frozen to like reduce friction on the ice. Oh, okay. I guess it oh, is. Oh, huh. And also um, because the pup pups because the pucks are rubberized, it also stops them from being too bouncy. Hmm. It would be real hard to cut up a puck on the ice. Not that that was the point of the question. Uh, <laughs> so really, that's just you a, going there, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what this podcast so, is all about. Yes, it is. Uh, so that's really just a case of them trying to essentially play keep away. So okay, yeah, eat the puck. Just hold on to the puck. Pass it amongst your guys in as low risk way as possible to run down the clock okay so related uh i heard uh saying with great significance of one team they forgot one thing the rubber puck <laughs> i don't know if you can help me out on this one it was <laughs> great significance aren't all the pucks rubber they are all rubber um i wonder if this was a case of a bad bounce or just oh because the pucks, the pucks do do weird things every once in a while. Okay, makes sense. I, okay, no, I will say. Do you remember if you were listening to the DC broadcast or the Dallas broadcast? That's a good question. I don't remember. Okay, I, was I think it's DC. To the Dallas okay. One. Oh, but I don't know what you were doing. Okay. Yeah, I think we could have gotten either mm -hmm. with our mm -hmm. yeah, TV. I think that's true. Um. Okay, how about this one? The ice looks like it's just terrible tonight. Oh yeah, so the ice can legitimately be terrible. Um, <laughs> what way? It's usually an issue of temperature. 
Um, whether it gets too soft and then it gets too chippy because of the way they're playing. Um, but yes, there are a lot of players and I'd have to look this up. Um, like Vegas is a hard place to play because it's hard to keep the ice at a good temperature for playing on. So that checks out ice can legitimately be a factor in whether it's good to play on or not. I assume it's probably also something to do with how they've set it up that day. Um, that could play into it as well. But I'd say usually it's temperature. How can you tell? Like if you're watching a game. Oh, I can't tell. Okay. (laughs) No. But what would make somebody say the ice looks terrible today? Just like Um, people falling or like. um, I would say probably people falling, but also there are some, some games where they look like they are skating through molasses. Oh yeah. I've seen. Yeah. If you can't like get a good, get good speed on. Uh, that's part of it as well interesting okay 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 uh so when it comes to scoring what is a shorty oh a shorty is a shorthanded goal so um i imagine little t-rex arms but i assume that's (laughs) not what we're talking about that would be amazing um no so a shorthanded goal is i am on the power play so i have more um players on the ice than you you are on the penalty kill you have fewer players you score so you are shorthanded on the ice and you score. Oh, okay. That's a short. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. And the last one, and possibly my favorite. I don't remember who this was said about possibly a goalie. He had three bagels a season ago. <laughs> Were they yes, that would have been, that would have been about a goalie. Um, <laughs> bagel would be a shutout because zero. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not nearly as delicious as it sounds. No, right? no. No, actually, remind me to, I got to look it up. Remind me to tell you about the caps and bagels. There's a whole thing there. Okay. Well, we'll uh, consider that a teaser for our next episode. Caps and bagels. Yes. Well, that was about all I had about uh, the the hockey game. Um, I don't know. We're running a little long, but if anybody had any news they wanted to bring up, any current events? Um, I I already gave my, you know, basketball moaning and crying and wailing. so I'm good on that front, but I got to say, I have uh, recently been trying to get more into the Women's Soccer League and also just have sort of been reinvigorating an interest in figure skating, which I loved very much as a teenager. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about those things like in another episode. Yeah. But I did hear a rumor that I'm excited about that Sacramento might get a Women's Soccer League team, in which case, oh. Rachel, road trip. Road trip. Oh, that's awesome. Yay. Yeah, I know. I'm like legit excited about that because right now the closest ones are in uh, Portland and uh, Seattle. And I don't remember if L.A. has one or not. Um, But, you know, neither of those are close to where we are. (laughs) Yeah. So that would be fun. Yeah. 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 Um, So I I do have news. There was hockey that broke uh, about an hour and a half ago. Um, Oh, wow. So you guys probably don't know this guy. Um, Don Cherry. Oh, yeah. I've heard the name in negative context. Yes. Yeah. He's like a really angry commentator. Yeah. He's an angry, bigoted, racist commentator. Right. Like like, 85 years old. He's hockey night in Canada. Um, A couple of. Is he also the one who named the Carolina Hurricanes bunch of jerks? Yes. Yes. That was him. He also doesn't like fun. 
which is why he called the cur- hurricanes a bunch of jerks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, but um, they then embraced this and like made. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. awesome. yeah. They ran yes. with this. Oh, yeah. absolutely. They ran with it. And so did basically the rest of the league and anyone who has <laughs> of humor. Yeah. Um, so he's made a lot of terrible comments over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. He's, he's proven time and time again that um, he doesn't care about hockey players as human beings. Um, you know, concussions are just a risk you take with playing the game, grow up, walk it off, that kind of Yikes. stuff. So um, on Saturday during his uh, coach's corner segment, um, uh, so today's Veterans Day in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and um, Canada was celebrating Remembrance Day. Actually, I think that's today there as well. Yeah, it's um, the same as Armistice Day. Okay. Which is Europe. It's, yeah. So um, he was criticizing people in Canada who were not wearing poppy pins, right, okay. for Remembrance mm-hmm. Day. And what he said on Coach's Corner was, um, I live in Ontario. Very few people wear the poppy. Downtown Toronto, forget it. Nobody wears the poppy. Now, you go to the small cities. You people that come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you can pay a couple bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price for that. So mm-hmm. basically he's calling out, uh, you know, all non-white people in Toronto for not right. celebrating veterans and assuming that all the non-white people in Toronto are immigrants in mm-hmm. one or another. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the first time he said something like this. Um, the the network issued an apology his co-host who didn't say anything at the at the time issued an apology cool, cool. called it a a learning moment or something like that. and <laughs> gross. and you know most of the people that i know didn't really think anything was going to come of it because he said awful shit in the past right mm-hmm. about an hour and a half ago he was actually let go um, he wow by sportsnet sportsnet and um hockey night in canada um, for these remarks, um, which I think is amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, like I, I tweeted about this a couple times from our from uh, the pod podcast account. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the network and the NHL keep saying these these are not reflective of our beliefs. Right. But you know what, guys, if you're paying his salary, they they are yeah. reflective of your yep. beliefs. So absolutely. Um. So it's. I I don't know that this is going to be the end of him. Um. I don't know that Hockey Night in Canada is going to hire someone better, but uh, I will, for one, will be very pleased not to see his terrible racist face anymore. That's amazing. Step in the right direction. That's yes. Awesome. You're here. Yes. So that's my uh, breaking hockey news. Do 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 do. Excellent. Do do do. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, field reporter Rebecca. Yes, anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, unless anybody else has any uh, major things they want to get to, uh, I'll go ahead and close us out. Um, we have been Foul Puck. You can find us uh, on all the social medias. Rebecca, could you remind us what <laughs> you are? Sure. On Twitter, we are Foul Puck Pod. On Instagram, we are Foul Puck Podcast. On the internets, we are ooh, Foul Puck podcast.net yay yes we yes. were with .net yes um 
So we're on uh, Tumblr, I think, and Facebook as well. Just search for us. Mm-hmm. Owl Puck kind of um, variation, and uh, we will be there. Our email yes. is fowlpuckpod at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, please email us any questions you have uh, to tell us that we're right. And um, that about does it. Uh, I'm Rachel signing off for today. And I'm Rebecca signing off. And I have been and continue to be Nancy and also signing off. All right. We'll see you next time.